Good morning, church. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, we gather together here today to praise you, to worship you, to glorify your name, Lord, and to let you know that we put our trust in you. Though it is difficult sometimes, God, help us to be more trusting of your word because you are perfect and your word says that. Uh, Lord, help guide us in the Holy Spirit to be closer to you and to rely on what you have said. In Jesus' name, amen. Trust me. Has everyone, anyone ever told you that? Trust me. You know, sometimes uh, we, we might hear that from friends or from family members. Uh, maybe it was in a situation like you were driving on a wilderness road and across the pathway is a pond, a mud puddle was very deep. And, and your friend was in the driver's seat and he says, uh, trust me, uh, my truck can make it through that pond. And then you end up walking several miles back to camp because it didn't make it through the pond. Uh, maybe it was like this. When... Uh, your parents, your mom or dad or your, your grandparents, uh, was working on a splinter in your finger, kids. And, and they said, uh, trust me, it's not going to hurt as bad as what you think. <laughs> and how do they know how bad you think it's going to hurt? <laughs> uh, trust me. Uh, maybe you've heard it this way, uh, kids, and again, maybe, maybe men. Um, I'll only be in the store for ten minutes. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Uh, and, okay, so women, maybe you've heard this. Uh, uh, trust me, I'll be home in time to get my tools off the table or to pick up my clothes off the floor. Uh, trust me. Well, we all know that, uh, humanly speaking, well, we, we can't always be trusted. Today I want to lead you to something and some scriptures that tells us what we can trust. Obviously we know that we can trust God, but I want to prove it to you in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through, set, through 6. This is the book of wisdom, by the way. If you want wisdom, go to the book of wisdom, Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord. Now, how do we know if we can trust someone? If we're talking humanly speaking again, talking about people. Um, how are some, some ways that we know we can trust people? Well, I've, I've come up with three distinct ways that, that I know of and I deal with and, and I experience in life. Uh, uh, how about looking someone in the eye? Sometimes uh, we feel like if, if you can look that person in the eye, then you can tell if you can trust them or not. This is important in my life. Um, she, she likes eye contact. Now, I don't do a really good job at, uh, at focusing on someone's eyes. I, I, it, Sometimes it makes people uncomfortable if you stare at them, beam at them in the eyes. I don't like to make people uncomfortable, so I'm not real good at this. But I have gotten better because it is important to my wife. And if I'm not looking her in the eye, 
Uh, she doesn't trust me so much. She's not willing to regard me um, as reliable as if I look her in the eye. This is one way that I think that um, we can tell if we can trust someone. We look into their eyes, and we can sometimes see into them and what they're doing. Are they, are they nervous? Uh, another way, uh, have they proven, uh, by, proven their word by keeping their promises, their previous promises? Have they proven themselves? Maybe a track record. So uh, one of the things that um, I like to do for my wife is to make coffee for her in the morning. And um, she, she likes to have the coffee made so that when she gets up, it's already all she has to do is pour it in. And, and, and uh, she, likes, she likes to have the nice coffee that comes from the beans that you have to grind. And so one morning, I get up early, and it's dark outside, and it's dark inside. And I go to make um, her coffee like she likes. i got to give you a little bit of layout of our kitchen. You, you have the, here the door that goes into the laundry room, and this is the kitchen, and you have the refrigerator right here. Here's the wastebasket. You have the dog dish, and you have over here the counter that has the coffee pot and the beans and the grinder. So here's where it is, and I get up in the morning, and I'm ready to make my wife some coffee, and I pour the beans into the grinder. I spill a few, but that's okay, and I put the top on, and I, I grab one that I spill, put it in there, and I grind that coffee, and then I pour it into the uh, place where the coffee is made. My wife uh, knows that I make good coffee. She drinks it every day, and she knows that I make good coffee. So she doesn't have any reason to doubt me. Well, I think she enjoyed the coffee that day. That evening, I was in the same part of the kitchen, and I noticed something on the floor, and uh, it all occurred to me right then. When I picked that coffee bean up off the floor, it was kind of rough. It wasn't smooth, and I saw the dog dish there. And, um, you know, I mean, dog dish stays in the dog dish unless the dog's chewing it. It breaks in half and it falls out. And so I think that maybe I threw a piece of dog food into the grinder. And I haven't told my wife, and I'm not making eye contact right now. <laughs> Because I figured the best place to spill the beans would be in the safety of you guys. Uh, no longer does my wife trust me to make coffee in the morning for her because my track record has been ruined. And I, it's a little bit unfortunate because I do enjoy making coffee for you and I want to do that. And I can't guarantee that it wasn't a coffee bean, but... I'm just not sure. Um, it's probably good for you. I do apologize. So one of the ways that we can uh, know that a person can be trusted is their previous track record. You know, have they kept their previous promises? The other way is, do they have experience? Do they have enough experience to be uh, proven that they can be trusted? Remember last week's sermon? This is on Mark chapter 4. We were talking about Jesus and being tempted. Uh, Jesus went out to the wilderness and he fasted. During that time, the devil came to Jesus. And the devil says, hey, look, if you're hungry, the devil knew that Jesus was hungry, uh, turn these rocks into bread. 
And again, you know, of course, Jesus resisted. Again, uh, the devil came to him and he says, um, look, if, if you are who you say you are, the Son of God, then you can jump off of here and not hurt yourself. Uh, and then the third time, uh, Satan comes to Jesus and says, look at all this. Uh, I'll give it to you if you bow down and worship me. All these times, three times, Jesus was tempted, but he did not fail. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He did not sin. He knows our tests, folks. He knows what we struggle with, but he made it through the same things that we struggle with and don't sometimes make it through. Same test, but he did not fail. This is our Savior. He has the experience and can be trusted. So these three times that he was tested, they relate to our needs, our identity, and to power that we sometimes desire. The first one was hunger. This represents a need. We all need to eat, right? We need to have this physical uh, sustenance that keeps us going. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think we know what we need. This verse, the, the one in uh, Proverbs, says to basically lean not on your own understanding. Don't trust your own self. Jesus says that man does not live on bread alone, but by the word of God. Depends on the day, but boy, some days we think that all we really need is a house to live in, uh, a plate of food to eat, and um, a little bit of sleep. That's all we need to keep ourselves going. Our most basic needs. Jesus says, hmm, that is not the case. You cannot live on bread alone. No, our deepest needs are spiritual, not physical. Sure, we need things to keep ourselves physically going, but our physical lives only last a certain amount of time. So, in the end, are they all that necessary in the first place? Our deepest needs are spiritual, not physical. Well, the second time that Jesus was tempted by Satan, it was about his identity. If you're really the son of God, then well, you, can do, you can do whatever, and you won't get hurt. You don't have anything to worry about. Identity. In our lives, this is the temptation to prove ourselves. To prove ourselves able to do something. Look, I can do it. Boy, I can take care of that. Uh, maybe this is the temptation to depend on yourself. Uh, you can depend on me. <clears throat> Trust me. You know, we should allow God to shape our identity by aligning our hearts and our actions with God's word, not the world's standards or expectations. That gets mixed up. We often uh, try to align who we are based on the world. 
rather than what God's word says. And this goes against our, our normal understanding. You know, it's not normal for us to align ourselves with what God wants as opposed to the world that we live in and face every day. Worldly speaking, the game is to get to the top by doing whatever it takes. You know, as a dog-eat-dog world, uh, prove yourself. Well, God says that the first will be last, and that the last will be first. Jesus came to serve and not to be served. We should do likewise. The humble are the ones whom God will lift up. Third time, Jesus was tempted. It was about power. Hey, look at everything that you can see. I'll give it to you. You can have all of it. If you just worship me. The temptation for us here is to be in control of others along with ourselves. To be in control of an area that spreads and spreads until we are powerful. Mm. To build our own kingdom and to make our own rules. Power. But what we should, what we should do is exchange being in control for the power of the Holy Spirit. Because He will empower you to take the path that He deems good for you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 tells us this. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. So trust God to meet your needs. Seek His will by aligning your heart and actions with His Word. And respond in obedience by taking the path He shows you. The path He shows you. You know the other way that we talked about? The, the, the way that we can trust somebody is by the way that they have proven their word by keeping their previous promises. Promises. Do you know that God absolutely keeps his promises. Think about Abraham. God said, hey, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham says, I'm an old fella. So was my wife. But God kept his promise. Gave Abraham a son, Isaac. And uh, from that son, by the way, also God's promise, Abraham received many descendants, which led to the Messiah, which we uh, are saved through today. All things that God promised. God promised Gideon. Remember the almighty warrior? He promised Gideon that he would deliver the Midianites into his hands. Because of God's power. Not Gideon. Because of God's power, he promised Gideon that he would give him the success. And he did. Now let's not forget that God promised through the prophecy of our Old Testament text that a Savior would be born and would love us enough to die for us. This is a promise, and we see that come true in our scripture. You can trust God. You can trust 
a person of good character. You know, we have different people in our lives that may rate one way or other on the scale of trustworthiness. Some people, uh, I wouldn't trust that guy with anything. And another guy, you know, boy, I trust him with almost everything. Well, you know, you can trust a guy of good character, I guess you could say, on some things. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In the Lord with all your heart. You know, every person that we can think of, to some level or another, doesn't measure up to be 100% trustworthy. Now, you can think of the best person you know. You know, I would trust my dad with almost anything. Except for if you give uh, my dad a, uh, a BB gun and my son a BB gun and tell them to go hunt sparrows and say, in a place where there's a bunch of glass around, I don't know if I could trust that to be safe. There would be broken glass. Not because they uh, mean to do it or whatever. It's just some point... 100% trust is not possible with humans, only with God. Because with God, we can trust Him with all of our heart. Not just some, not 99.9%. This verse says, all your heart. Now let's look at the character of God. What's the character of God like? character of God our Lord is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. He is omniscient, all-knowing, and wise. We're reading these verses out of the book of wisdom, writings from Solomon, writings to us from God's wisdom here. He is wise. And so this is why we don't lean on our own understanding, is because, well... Uh, we're not always that wise. Some days we can be pretty good. But we're not all-knowing, and we are not omniscient. Therefore, uh, we don't lean our own, on our own understanding, but on God's. He is trustworthy. He is also <clears throat> willing to reveal. Verse 6 says, Seek his wisdom all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Show you. He wants to show you this path. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. God tells Jeremiah, is they, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about things to come. God is asking, he's telling Jeremiah, look, if you need to know something, then just Ask me the things that I know, the secrets, because you don't know them because you haven't asked, because other folks don't know them, maybe because they don't ask or their eyes are shut. These secrets that you don't know about things that come, look, I will reveal them to you if you ask. Ask, I will tell you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But it was to us, that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Again, here we're talking about 
things that God knows and we don't, and He wants to reveal them to us. Reveal them so that we know. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. There is a path. God is the creator and the maker of this path. This path is Jesus. Jesus was sent by God to make a way that we could get from this unfortunate place here on earth to an amazingly, amazingly fortunate place in heaven, and we can only get there through God's Son, Jesus Christ. He is the path. To sum it all up, well, we could use Psalms chapter 18, verse 30 to, to, to sum this up here. It says, God's way is perfect. It's simply perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. Everyone. He is a shield for all who look to Him for protection. God is perfect. And every one of His promises can be trusted. In the light of God's character and who He is, we have some responsibilities. We have some things to do. Trust God. Seek His will and respond to his revelation. Trust what God says. What he says to you and what he says is in his word. Seek what his plan is for your life and to respond what he is revealing to you through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Do these things. On the other hand, don't do these things. Don't depend on your own understanding. If you depend on human understanding, mm, you're setting yourself up for failure. You might be drinking dog food coffee in the morning. <laughs> don't lean on your own understanding. And don't reroute, too. Man, sometimes we get on the right track. We are doing what we, you know, everything we can to, to live by God's word and to be excited about the victory that we have in Jesus and the Holy Spirit leading us. And then uh, we get to the point to where, mm, I wonder if I should uh, reroute, you know the old GPS, make a U-turn, turn around, uh, take our next right, and unnecessarily we often try to reroute ourselves because we doubt that we are going the right way. Or something caught our eye. Don't reroute when you're on the right track. Uh, depend on God's understanding, not your own. You ever uh, play one of those games or uh, somebody asks a question in Bible school and Sunday school and boy, the first thing that comes to your mind, you don't know where it came from or why it is, but you think, oh, I bet that's the answer to that. But you don't speak up because... Well, you don't want to look like a fool if it's wrong. And then somebody else says the exact same thing, and they're right. right? You had an idea, and you uh, wanted to say it, but you didn't because you doubted yourself. Look, we need to rely on God and what he has planned for us. And when we feel like God is speaking to us, do not doubt 
God's word. So thirdly, look into the eyes. We spoke about that. That's when you look into someone's eyes, you get an idea if you can trust them or not. Uh, the important thing about this is that when we're dealing with God, we're dealing with our Savior, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, to keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Paul writes this. Paul writes this in the context of talking about us winning a race, a race that is, that is equal to our lives, the things that we do on this world, in this life, and how we work through his will and all the struggles. He said, keep your eyes on Jesus, and this is how you win. Look to the eyes of Jesus. Now, I heard this illustration one time at, a, at, a, at an Ozark college conference. And, and so there was, there was this man uh, who was going to become a, uh, a, a king, and he, he was, but he wasn't going to get that benefit because he was deformed. This young prince, he, he was a hunchback. He was deformed, and he was he was bent in half, and and he couldn't straighten up. And and in the days that those kind of things took place, you didn't dare have a king who wasn't tall and handsome and strong. And so he would never have a chance to be king. But then his mother, his mother had him. Uh, and request that a statue be made. A statue be made that, that looked like him, but was tall, straight, and up on a pedestal. And she, told, she tells him to go to the statue every morning and look at it in the eye. Stare it in the eye. And so the young lad, uh, every morning, goes to the statue and he looks at it in the eye every day, year after year. And after a bunch and a bunch of days of staring up at that statue in the eyes, it got to where pretty soon he was looking eye to eye. He had straightened himself up because of the stretching every day, looking into the eyes of that statue. Here it is, folks. We have a Savior who is perfect. Our scripture says that we can be holy like that Savior, not by what we have done, but by what He has done. The scripture says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Look into His eyes. Who can we trust? None other than God. Can you trust God? Of course. You ask Abraham? Absolutely. You can trust God. 
if Zachariah were here today and we said, can you, can you trust God, Zachariah? Oh, yeah. <coughs> you can trust God because he came to me. And like Abraham, he told me that I would have a child. And I, like Abraham, told him I'm too old. I didn't trust him just a little bit. And then I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak until my son John the Baptist was born. And then I could speak. You can trust God, Zechariah would say. Well, if we go further back, and if, if we were able to meet three fellas named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if we were to ask them, can you trust God? Can you trust him? They would say, oh, yes, you can absolutely trust God. Because one time, boy, we would not worship the king because he told us to stop praying, worshiping God, and we told him, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that if we will that we will never serve you nor your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. The king, he threw these fellas into the furnace. They trusted God. He threw them into the furnace. Well, they came out of that furnace. And they were just fine. Not just because they trusted that God would deliver them from the furnace, but because they trusted in God's plan no matter what it was. If his plan was for them to not make it out of that furnace, so be it. But they did trust him. And they came out of that furnace, and if they were here today and you asked them, can you trust God? They would say, with your very lives, you can trust God. So this year, I want us to hardcore, full send, trust God with everything that we have, to trust in His will for us. If we do that, we will not go wrong. God has the experience. He can be trusted. God has proven that He will keep His promises. He can be trusted. When you look into the eyes of Jesus, you're going to find a Savior that can be trusted. To be trusted to reveal everything that you've ever done, He already knows it anyway. A Savior that can be trusted with your very soul to provide you with what is needed to get to heaven. Not only do we want that for ourselves, for everyone whom we come into contact. I ask you today, are you ready to trust Jesus with everything you have? Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for the scripture that you've given us. We are so grateful for this bit of wisdom, Lord. We know that you are trustworthy.